0: The last thing we were discussing was halachot in regards to someone being invited to beitin. If he shows up, great. If he doesn't show up, he has a certain amount of time to show up or to listen to betin. Otherwise, they start putting him in harem. We discussed who can be the messenger to, to go give out the message that you have to show up to beitin. And we also discussed halacha that once a, a document has been written that a person doesn't listen to beitin, uh, if he says he's going to fo- uh, follow the rules, we rip it up. If he, if he doesn't end up following the rules, then we don't rip it up until he actually listens to betin And with that, we're going to start Kofiud Gimel Amud Alif 12 lines in where it says Amar of Hasda. The line starts with the word Amar of Hasda. Rav said, a person's in the city and they want to invite him to Betin. Kovain we invite him to be in Monday, and if he doesn't show up on Monday, then Thursday. If he doesn't show up on Thursday, then the next Monday. Zimna zimna batar zimna. A time, and a time after a time. Meaning, it's not going to be consecutive three days in a row. Rather, we wait a couple days. Well mahar we And if he doesn't show up on that last day, then the next day we write up a document. Rav ikla ikla'a Rav Kahana. went to the house of Kahana. He saw a woman that was invited to Betin in the afternoon. And the next morning, they wrote a document about her that she didn't shop to Betin. She's in Harim. Don't you hold like what Rav Kana said, that we set dates Monday, Thursday, Monday? Rav explained, that's a person who's not in the city he's in a different city until he gets here Monday, Thursday, Monday, okay but this woman, she's in the city and she's not coming she's rebellious and she doesn't want to come right away right away we're going to write up a document against her and technically that's the halacha we, we go based on the situation if a person is on a business trip for two weeks then we write it for two weeks from now we're not going to tell to just uh, stop everything and come here but if someone's in the city he has to show up right away and, Yehuda, la zimna, la nisan, la tishri. We don't set up dates in Nisan and Tishri people are busy cutting the crop uh, the wheat, the barley in Nisan and uh, the grapes in Tishri and the same idea: not on erev Yom Tov, not erev Shabbat. Those times are busy. And the explains Tishri uh, and Nisan because there's a lot of holidays and people are busy with the holidays. So again, when people are busy, you can't invite them to Betin. But to, uh, during Nisan, to invite them for right after Nisan, meaning after the holidays, you come coming to Betin in Iyar. Or tell someone in Tishri, give them an invitation to Betin in Cheshavan. We do Saturday. Date. But from Friday, tell them to shop to Betin on uh, Monday next week. We don't do that. Because this person is busy with Shabbat, and he's going to forget to come to Betin. Now, there is a chidusha, Rabbi Yonatan who explains, just psychologically, in his son, you got a whole month to prepare, so you could invite him for next month, and a person will remember. But when it comes to the of Shabbat, everything happens in such a rush, and it's one day... It's more likely that a person will forget. And Rav Nachman said, we don't invite someone who came to hear the class on Shabbat or on the holiday. We don't invite them to come to Beitin on the Monday right after the holiday or Shabbat. Because very practically speaking, if you're going to invite people to B'itin every time they show up to class, no one's going to come to class anymore. And when people would come and make a complaint to Rav Nachman during the holiday, during the speech, is it, Did I bring everyone here, is this clear, so you people could come over here and come uh, for your deen to make a claim in your betin? Meaning, uh, this is not the time for it. But today, we know there's a lot of tricksters out there. They come to the, the Rashad, they come to the speech for business purposes, and they come into the Beit Midrash just to get away from Beit'in. So we worry that they're tricking us, and we do invite them to Beit'in, unless we know it's a person who, you know, is a good Jew, comes to class for the sake of the class. Next, we saw in the Mishnah, sheyesh bo If someone stole something and gave it to his children and or uh, to eat or he left it in front of them as inheritance, they are patuo they're exempt from paying back unless it was something with responsibility, then they have to give it back. Matnala uh, on taught his son Rebishim on the Perush we're not talking about land uh, something with responsibility if it's an actual thing people know that it's a cow that he, that these people are uh, plowing with it's a donkey that uh, is carrying things for them and everyone knows it belonged to this person their father stole they have to give it back out of their father's is a question from Rav let's say it's a bed that he sits on a table that he eats on what would be the halacha do we say it's one of those things uh, it's in the house no one's seeing what's going on in their house therefore they don't have to return it or do we say it's an actual thing and they do have to return it give a wise man he'll uh, learn more Meaning, we taught you paran hamor. are specific things, and the hachem should learn that. Yes, even the bed and even the table, same halachot. There's specific thing. It goes but It's a specific thing, not that it's hidden. Next mishnah: In portin lo mit ve'lo mikis shel One is not allowed to uh, exchange coins. Uh, break change and things like that from the box of, a, of the tax collectors. moches um, is someone who just pays off the king a set price and he goes and collects whatever he feels from everybody. gabain um, is a tax collector. He collects a certain amount from each person. He does that for the king. We don't, uh, we don't uh, exchange any coins for them. We don't change any money for them. And you don't take from them tzedakah because they either charge the wrong people or they overcharge certain people and, and the money's probably stolen, or because they're and you're just going to strengthen them. By taking their tzedakah, you're basically saying, we're okay with you. And they're thinking, I could fix all these problems just by giving tzedakah and we don't want to let that happen. But one is allowed to take tzedakah from him if, the man, if it's from the man's house, or if he's in the marketplace and the man wants an exchange of uh, uh, coins that's allowed from the actual box he's collecting from that's asur. but from the but, but from his own wallet that's allowed and the Gemara starts if one of these tax collectors come to a person one is allowed to give him a bigger coin and take back change that's like saving from them so if someone doesn't have the smaller currency lot of them the bigger currency you get change next um when it comes to the tax collector we said it's considered stolen now the problem is didn't say the law of the land is the law and if the king said you have to give your money to this person that's the law that's it that's the end of the story by the way there's a when do we say the, uh, this concept of Shmuel that the law of the land is the law uh, the Rambam explains that's only if it's a law for everyone. If uh, the king is uh, picking on any specific person, then we don't say Shmuel's law. The Ramban, Rahmani, he explains that it all depends if it was a law that was uh, intact from before he was around. If it's a new law that he created, then we don't say the law of the lands of the, is the law. Another point to ponder is the Rashbam who explains that all taxes is really the the law of the land, because when someone lives in a land, he expects to be paying whatever the government uh, tells him to pay. That's part of just living in the area. So again, why would we call him a thief? Now we're talking about a tax collector who, there's no set price, he just collects whatever he sees fit from anybody he wants be We're talking about a tax collector who stood by himself. He's not, uh, has nothing to do with the government. He has nothing to do with the king. He decided I'm the bigger guy. Everyone has to give me their money. So that type of person is a thief. Now, some bring the shoulder of Haninaba Kahana and Amar, uh, Amar Shmuel and their They bring it on the following situation in regards to wearing uh, kilayim one is not allowed to wear kilayim on his clothing even if it's on top of 10 articles of clothing and you're not really benefiting from it and it's not the way to wear things still you're not allowed to wear kilayim in order to uh, show that you're not Jewish or that they don't take uh, tax from things that you're wearing whatever the case is you're not allowed to wear kilayim and matnitin de and this mishnah that you're not that you're not allowed to wear kilayim in order to get out of taxes is not like kerbi akiva. The like the brayta says, one's not allowed to run away from tax, you're not allowed to get out of paying taxes, meaning through wearing kilayim. That's what the that brayta is talking about. And Rabbi Shimon says in the name of Rabbi Akiva, you're allowed to get out of paying taxes through wearing kilayim. Now, Bishlamah la'ainyon kilayim be'ha'kamif I understand in regards to kilayim, the the is as follows: the more savar dava she'en mitkaven mutar. Rabbi Akiva held that if you have no intent to do something and you're doing it, then it's allowed. Meaning, I have no intent to wear kilayim; I'm just trying to get out of taxes, so it's allowed. Umor savar tanaka held dava she'en mitkaven asur. If you're doing an Avera, even though you don't have an intent to do an Avera, but still you're doing Avera, therefore it's a sur. But the question is, in order to get out of taxes, is that even allowed? Didn't Shmuel say, the law of the land is the law? So And here we brought down Rabbi Harina, who said we're talking about the tax collector with no set amount, meaning he's just collecting whatever he wants from anyone he wants. The Rebbe Anai Ahmed Medav. says it we're talking about a tax collector who decided on his own he's the he's the, you have to pay him taxes. Uh, he's sort of uh, extorting people. Some bring the whole behind on Rebbe Anai case on the following. It's in regards to Mishnah uh, Nedarim vows. And over here we're talking about uh, someone who is forcibly trying to take something from you, and you're trying to vow that it's something holy, so he can get away from you. So no al haragin haramin ul Muhsin. One is allowed to vow to uh, murderers or thieves or tax collectors. You're allowed to tell them that something is or or belongs to the king. Meaning, one of those two will get them out of there. No Jew wants to take Terumah because he can't eat it. He doesn't want to deal with that, and uh, no goy wants to take things that belong to the king. And even though it doesn't belong to tirumah, it doesn't belong to the king. Now it says Ul-Mukhsin. It says you're lie to the tax collector. didn't Shmuel the Lord lends the law? The and over here, we're talking about a tax collector with no set amount. We're talking about a tax collector who stood up on his own. Meaning, he decided to extort people. So over there, you're allowed to vow to them, even though you're not saying the truth. But if uh, there's a person doing everything legally, you're not allowed to get out of taxes. Now, Rav Amar... He explains that the Mishnan Kilayim, the Mishnan Nedarim is talking about The tax collector is a Kena'ani and even though the king placed him and even though there's a set price, but still, since he he's a type of person that doesn't understand he's being tricked, so you're allowed to trick him. As long as there's no Hilul Hashem, you could uh, go ahead and trick him. Detanya, U an-nas, so Israel and a Forceful Kenani. Now the word Anas is has been added. I guess probably by the censorship. In old texts, didn't have the word Anas. Anas is someone who forces his way. It's probably someone uh, who's trying to extort money from Israel. So that was probably added. But just Israel and Kenani, they come to the imataya zakeo Israel zakeo if through jewish law you could find the, the israel to win then let them win and then just tell the goy that's our law if you can make the jew win and say that uh, that's the rule by the goyim law then let the jew win and tell him that's your law and if by jewish law or canani law there's no way to get the jew to win Ba'ina alav ba'akifin, Rabbi Ishmael says you do some sort of trickery in order to exempt Israel or to get Israel to win. Rabbi Umair, en ba'im alav ba'akifin Hashem. We don't come in trickery because of Kiddush Hashem. We don't want the, the go to find out and then there'll be a Hilul Hashem. And that's like Rav Hashem. It sounds like Rabbi Akiva, his only worry was about Kiddush Hashem, Chilul Haleka Kiddush Hashem. Let's say that you don't have to worry about that problem. But you're telling me you're allowed to uh, trick him. Are we allowed to steal from Magoy? Hatanya Marabishim on the Avar Zedarash Byakivak Shivam Zefirin. Didn't Riakivadoresh the following when he came from Zephyrin Minan Gizal Ken Ariisha Huasu Haru know we not allowed to steal from a goy, Tamud Lomar, Ahare nimkar ge ulatielo. In regards to Na'vid Ivery who was sought a goy in the marketplace, someone has to redeem him. Meaning Sheloyim Shaheenov, you can't just pull him to Betin and use some sort of trickery and get him out of there without paying. You have to pay the goy maybe let the guy make some money and you let him double the price and you're gonna to have to pay you have to calculate with the owner meaning make sure you got a price where he's not going to uh, overcharge you that's where she explains it as explains that one is not allowed to take advantage of the Goy and pay him less than what he paid for the slave. Now, bottom line is you're not allowed to steal from a Goy. So why did Rabbi Akiva say only when there is no hilul Hashem? So I'm ha be toshav. Rabbi Akiva allowed stealing from a Goy when there's no hilul Hashem is only with Kenani who, work, who worships Avodah Zara, But when there's a Gertoshav, it means it, it doesn't do Avodah Zara, The rules are different. You're not allowed to steal from him. But, but both a ger toshav and a regular goy were written in the same place together, meaning they're considered the same. And this is in regards to someone who uh, sells or makes money on shemitah fruits, he ends up selling himself as a slave and says, you don't, uh, he ends up selling himself as a slave, not just a Jew, but even to a ger. Shnei emar leger, like v'lo leger. So we're not talking about a regular ger, which considered Jewish. Ela leger toshab, either a ger who accepted upon himself sheva mitzvot beni Noach. Shnei leger toshab. Then it says mishpachat ger zeh halavid kochavim. That's the actual lavid kochavim, because who omear all le ayekir. What's the ayekir? Zeh anim kal avodah ends up being salted the actual avodah zara. He has to work for Avodah Zarah, carrying water, chopping wood, and all this because he sold Shiva. The bottom line is, we see that a Ger toshav and a regular goy are in the same pasuk. So this distinction of Rav Yosef and Rabbi Akiva's words it depends if it's a Kenani or a Ger Doesn't make it doesn't make sense. So Ela When Rabbi Akiva said, "You know, let's steal from the goy," that's to actually steal from his hands to pull something out of his hands when it comes to getting out of paying a loan that's not really stealing that's just uh, trying to get your way out of something as long as it's no Hashem, it's like telling the guys inheritors I, we already paid back your father when there's no way of the children ever knowing the truth that's allowed so, but the whole concept of is it get, getting the slave out from the Goy, that's getting out of the loan, meaning that's something that you owe the Goy and trying to get out of it. So Goy explains, uh-huh. Rabbah explains, in the case of the uh, body is is acquired to the Goy, he owns the actual body, and that would be like actual stealing. It's not a loan anymore, now it's actually a stealing. And Amar Rav Bibi Bargidal, Amar Bishimon Hasida, Gezel Kenani, Asur stealing from the Goyez Asur, Abedato Muteret, but if he lost something you don't, and you found it, you don't have to give it back. Gezelo Asur, how do we know in to steal the Amar of Unamina and the Gezel Kenani Show Asur? How do we know that when Allah steal from Kenani, Shemar the Achatatat, Kolami, Masher Shemelohecha, Notelach, uh, he allowed to eat from the, the Goyim, Bismatch, Hein Mesurim, Beyadecha, when they're under your control you're allowed to eat from them and there's no such thing as stealing and not when they're not under your control and here there's a fame who explains this pasuk is talking about wartime and during wartime anything you steal from them is allowed but at a normal time one is not allowed to steal from them now Abedatomuteret, anything they lost, you'll have to keep. The Amara, Hamabaguria, Amara, Minel Abedat Akinani, Shehimuteret. Let him know that we're allowed to keep something lost from the Kinani. Shirema, the whole Abedat Ahicha. Le Ahicha Tamahazir, Vea Tamahazir, the Kinani. Says you have to give back anything your brother lost. It says your brother, not the Kinani. But the Gmah asks, Vehmahane Mile, Hecha de but maybe that's only when it never, when the lost item never came to the Jew's hand. Because he doesn't have to pick it up and give it back. But when, it, when the lost item came to his hands, maybe he has to give it back. Meaning, maybe if he found it on the floor, he doesn't have to give it back. He doesn't have to go out of his way to pick it up and return it. But if he already came to his hand, maybe he has him. It's about to return it. to return it. Rabina explains that the word is coming to say that it came into your hands, and once it came into your hands, then you have to give it back to your brother. Meaning, when it comes to your hands, you don't have to give it back to a Goy. In a place where there's a Goy finds out that you took something that he lost, then even something lost, you're not allowed to steal meaning even if it, you're allowed to take it uh, but if the goy is going to say oh look at these jews they're not trustworthy they're says, then you have to give it back and Shmuel ta'uto if a goy makes a mistake let's say give he gave back more money or he sent an extra thing in in the, in the order you're allowed to keep it you don't have to give it back he zaban mikuti he bought something from a kuti a, a golden ball instead of an iron ball meaning he paid for an iron ball and he got a golden ball he paid four zoos He explains that shmuel only gave him three zoos instead of four zoos he got a way of paying one zoos but uh, the rosh and the nimu Yosef bring from down, down from the aruch a little bit different that shmuel gave him an extra zoos Meaning, he understood that he tricked him over here, and he got it for a lot less than what it's worth. So he gave him five zoos, and uh, this way, if uh, later on the goy realizes it, like he won't feel that bad because he gave him, he paid him a little bit extra. Rav Kahana bought from a goy one hundred and twenty barrels for whatever it was for a hundred for the price of a hundred. Ravda Alechad he gave him an extra zoos or he kept it actually, and, and he told the kutih, and Ravkana told the goy, listen, I don't know these things, I'm not, I'm going based on your math, You're, I'm trusting you. In essence, he put it on the goy, so if there's any mistake, the goy's going to blame himself. Rabbina bought a, a palm tree, a date tree, and he told uh, the Goy, when you're selling it to me, you're also going to be the one who uh, chops it up. And Amar leh and Rabina told his uh, servant, Kedam He told him to take thicker pieces from the bottom of the tree. min yana Because the Goy only goes by uh, pieces. He only knows that you got this many pieces, I got this many pieces. He wouldn't know that I got the better pieces. Rabbi Asher, a case of Rohan, he was telling story of Asher while traveling on the way. Hazashibsha de gufna bepardesa. He saw vines of grapes in an, in an orchard vetale ba kitufed einve. And he saw that there was clusters of grapes hanging on the vines coming outside the orchard. And Amale de shamai on Asher told his servant zila hazai de khutininu ait La idisarninu laitebi. He told them if uh, if the, go check if this area belongs to a goy, uh, take it. Uh, take some grapes from me. Whatever is outside the, the field, if it belongs to Jew, don't take it. Shama So the, the kuti who's in the area heard this. He heard what Rav was trying to do. Amale the kuti shari told him, Are you going to take from a goy? Amale kuti shakil de me, he shakil deme. So sheikh explained. And I guess trying to get out of it, he told. He said, "Listen, the goy takes money from me. The, the Jew don't take money from me. No, I don't want to get. I don't want a gift. I want to actually pay for it. That's why I, I want from the, the goy." Now that's the way that she explains it. That the way Nimuke Yosef explains it. That's not really stealing because it was outside the actual field. Um, Tosfot actually explains that no, whatever he was thinking at the end, where he was actually planning to pay for it, that was his idea. That was an actual. That was the truth let's go back to what Shmuel said that the law of the land is the law you should just know declare that their government they cut trees even from Jews and they make bridges from them and we go on top of them and we use these bridges knowing very well that the Goyim took it from Jews and they stole it they took it by force so Amarle told him. But that's maybe because the owner despaired; he gave up on it. He knows he's not getting it back from the government. Amarle told him. If it wasn't the the law of the land, then why would they despair? Obviously, because that's the law of the land. You're allowed to go over the bridges. But the king's messengers don't do what he says because Malka The king says go cut a little bit from each valley meaning don't uh, ruin one person's field go from this valley a little bit, this valley a little bit and these guys come and they just take from one valley the Quran explains the messenger of the king is like the king himself, and he's not going to overexert himself. He's just going to go to one area, and that's it. The inu of Sidan of Shayu, and the people of that the valley that they took the trees from, you know, they lost it. There's it nothing to do. With the people of that valley should have went to other valleys, take a little bit, and should have just uh, paid, just not to have their uh, area ruined. And amarabah whichever partner is left in the granary he pays the tax for everybody and then he has to go to uh, each person and collect the payment whatever the tax is uh, split it into however many partners there are. and that's only in regards to partners but a sharecropper he only has to pay his uh, the tax for his part of the of the sharecropping and the tax collector can't take from him. He has to go to the, to the owner who got the, the rest of it and take the tax from him, meaning you have to do it separately. With partners, you could take from one, let the partner go deal with the other partners. When it comes to sharecropping, each one is looked as a, as a separate person. <inaudible> Rabat explained that uh, a tax collector could take a deposit from one person because another person didn't give the tax. So meaning he'll take from neighbor one in, because neighbor two didn't give the tax. Let neighbor one go get the money from neighbor two when neighbor, neighbor two shows up. That's only property and head tax of this year. But last year, no. Because the king already uh, calmed down. He didn't care about what happened last year. There's some, probably some sort of law that you can't take a deposit for last year's tax. So you can't uh, do that. And those who have animal pens within the city limits, are not allowed to buy animals from them. Because there's a lot of animals from the city in there. Could be even Jewish people's animals and could be you're buying stolen uh, animals. But outside the city limits, you're allowed to buy because that's already uh, other, uh, other people, not Jewish people living in the city's animals. But if you see the owner chasing after him, then I feel home even outside the city limits, you're not allowed to buy because you, you could see that uh, this person is stealing Jewish people's uh, animals. And we will stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen. V'amen.